Hey guys, what's going on? G-Man here. Thank you so much for checking out this week's episode of the Bullpen Cart presented by Thunderblogsports.com. Greg the Prophet Piatelli and I recap the most recent week in baseball. We go through all our usual business, the hot and cold teams of the week, the top players, some Phillies talk, a little bit of Red Sox talk, some stadium snacks, bleacher creatures. It was a ton of fun to record, and we cannot wait to hear what you guys thought of in the comments. As always, though, make sure to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Podcoin, wherever you get your podcasts. Find us on those platforms and make sure to leave us a nice five-star review. Follow us on Twitter, ThunderBLG. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter, ThunderBlogSports.com. Just like the website and enjoy this week's episode, guys. Here we Go! And we are live! Welcome to this week's edition of the Bullpen Card Podcast presented by Thunderblogsports.com. I am Jordy Cannell. The G-Man, and joining me all the way up from Boston is my man, Greg the Prophet Piatelli. How are you, my friend? Awesome. Uh, Game 5 Stanley Cup. I'm not sure when this will be released, but Game 5 Stanley Cup is shortly after we record this podcast. Um, Red Sox had not only the AL Offensive Player of the Month, but also the Offensive Rookie Playoff, or... uh, player of the month so that would be Chavis Endeavors flip them Devers and Chavis um so yeah huge how are you doing I'm good man I'm good yeah coming back finally to the baseball pod we missed last week we did record our Stanley Cup final preview then I was away in Colorado for my cousin's wedding and uh between the altitude and having to pack a lot of different clothes for the variable weather and uh the high altitude did not bring any of the, the podcast recording equipment. So we skipped last week for baseball, but I'm excited to be back talking about it because, Greg, there's been a lot of stuff that's happened over the last couple of weeks. So I'm excited to break it all down with you this fine Thursday afternoon. Yeah, same. Jordy yeah. Allen as well. Yeah, so let's let's jump right into it. We'll go into hot teams of the week. You want to start in the AL or you want to start in the NL? Um. Let's mix it up. Let's start in the National League. We always start in the American League. All right. I like it. I like it. Greg, I'll let you go first. You know, Jordy, hot team of the week. Um, that's not the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. For me, is going to have to be the Cubs. Love it. Um, granted, they won three, lost three before that. Um, but winners of four of the last seven, swept by the Cardinals at home. Yikes. Uh, or no, sorry, it was, no, it was in St. Louis. All right, yes, on the yeah. road. But it was boring. Didn't you see all that, all the news surrounding that? No. Yeah, so I guess I, I think the origin, the origination of it was somebody, either an announcer or a writer, called Chris Bryant boring a St. A St. Louis writer. So when the on Friday afternoon, when the first game either was about to start or had started, the Cubs Twitter account tweeted out back back on the road against our rivals and they they basically put it out as an acrostic of boring and the twitter the twitter accounts so the cubs and cardinals went against each other 
just using boring left and right, including the Cubs saying, now that's not boring about a Chris Bryant home run. And then when the, the Cardinals ultimately swept the Cubs, they go, well, that wasn't boring either. Yeah. So there's, there's a lot, you know, it's, it's fun to see these old school baseball rivalries coming really into 2019 and, you know, kind of peak, uh, peak social media and, and baseball coming together. Yeah. I love it. Um, yeah. And especially because it, summer intern season so it could just potentially be summer interns tweeting at each other uh, it might not yeah it's a good, actually a good point too i didn't even think about that <laughs> uh speaking of where's the summer intern for the thunder blog that's a good point we should have hired one um Ooh. we could probably try to get intern bowden back uh, i think he's doing pretty well though and i think it more i think he works at like morgan stanley or something um so, so you know, yeah. we'll try to convince him away from the big bucks <laughs> i love it so for me the cubs um simply because that things are tightening there or have always been tight in the central and after being swept and then turning around and needing to get those three games back um, and keeping their lead in the central, I think uh, was needed. And hopefully the Cubs for them can continue this uh, good little momentum that they have going. Oddly enough, Jordy, they are 21 and 10 at home while 13 and 16 on the road. Yeah, so, they're, yeah, it's tough. It's tough for them yeah, outside not, of Wrigley Field. Yeah, not good. Um, not good analytics there for uh, for those keeping score at home. No, 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 not at all. And I mean, I think though to kind of cap off on what you were saying though, they they needed those. They needed a bounce back. They had this eight one victory in a makeup game against the Angels on Monday. Win the first two against the Rockies. They're playing right now in their uh, the rub- in the final game, not even a rubber match. Last night, though, they grind out this nine to eight victory on the back of seven RBI from David Bode. Um, so, I mean, we've talked about all these different names: Javi Baez, Chris Bryant, Kyle Schwarber. I mean, anybody, anybody left and right on this team, and you know, guys that need to step up have been, and. It's been awesome to see. It's if you're a Cubs fan, which I was just with a billion of them at my cousin's wedding. Um, you know they're all pretty excited. I mean, they just signed Craig Kimbrell as well, which I'm sure you were about to bring up. But uh, you know, to kind of bring back to your point though of, of home versus away, the friendly confines are certainly right there. Um, on the road, though, I, I don't know how you fix it because they're not statistically a bad team. Their starting staff is starting to figure it out, and I think that's probably the the best sign if you're a Cubs fan and. You know, I mean, their 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 offense is getting help every which from every which way of guys in the lineup. So I think just keep just keep plugging away for the Cubs, and and I think the away wins the away record will start to figure itself out. Because if you're if you're that good at home and around five hundred on the road, so only improve a couple more games right now, um, you know, you're going to probably be be in a pretty good spot to make the playoffs by uh, you know by the by September. You would hope. Yeah, but in, that, hope. but in that division where, you know, it's so tight top to bottom, I mean, yeah. only six games split the top and the bottom team. Uh, sure. You know, especially because Cincinnati won't go away. That's really the biggest. Well, Cincinnati Cincinnati's six games back, and guess what? The AL East, the Red Sox are six games back. Of, yeah. So it's all yeah. – the Reds might have the best rotation in the NL Central right now, yeah, <laughs> as good I mean, as the Cubs have been the last couple months or last month. Yeah, I mean, you could argue. I mean, the Reds probably have the best rotation in all of baseball. They have the least amount of runs given up for yeah. all of baseball, except for the Tampa Bay Rays. So, 
I would say the Rays and the and the Reds. I would say one two in terms of staffs. Yeah. How how do we feel about so we're two thirds two months into the season, basically two thirds. How do we feel about or a third two months one third um, the the story the ongoing storyline of the Cubs versus the computer because because the computers predicted this that it would be very close they didn't they didn't think the Cubs would be up up top but. I think that storyline is still alive and well, Greg. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure what you're talking about. Uh, oh, did you not see this? No. So coming into the season, that's right. That's right. Jared did the the AL, the NL Central preview with me. So coming into the season, various different computer projections had the Cubs finishing in fourth or fifth in the division, and the division itself being this tight. Whether it was five thirty eight MLB.com, whomever, if they did a projection. The Cubs were behind St. Louis, Milwaukee, sometimes Pittsburgh, sometimes all four teams um, in fifth place, despite winning around you know eighty five, you know eighty to eighty five games. Um, so the so the Cubs obviously have had this chip on their shoulder of well they're projecting us to do terribly. Uh, so the 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 Cubs versus the computer has been the has been a storyline I've been watching because I think thinking that a team that's three years removed from winning a World Series that's virtually unchanged aside from swapping Jake Arrieta from U Darvish in a career worst year for the Japanese star last year. And you think he'd have a bounce back year, which it looks like he's starting to. Um, I think it's, I think it's completely out of left field to think that team's going to finish dead last in, in a team in the division, just because they blew it in September last year. Agreed. Agreed. Jordy, who's that team, Jordy? Yeah. So mine, I'm going to go with the Rockies. I know we talk about the Dodgers a lot and, uh, I could cert- we're, we're probably going to talk about them a little bit when we talk about the Phils since they did sweep the Phillies last weekend. But the Rockies, Greg, this is a team that we've been kind of waiting for this to happen. They're winners of eight of their last ten, now up to thirty-one and twenty-nine, and, and inserting themselves right into right back into that wild card conversation. Um, they're ten and a half back of the of the Dodgers. So unless the Dodgers start to slow up in the month of June or July, um, we might start seeing this turn into potential AL Central territory that we've seen for the last couple of years of the Indians and everyone else chasing them, but the Rockies, they now have a positive run differential. Their pitching staff is starting to figure it out and their offense. Greg has really, really been doing its thing and incredibly well. They're fourth in the league, fourth in majors and batting average sixth in runs scored pitching. Uh, you know, they're starting to figure it out, but still towards the bottom in most statistical categories there. Um, they're leading ERA, pitcher is German Marquez uh, at 4.07. So need to start seeing that figure itself out a little more, but probably the best third baseman in baseball. One of my favorite players to watch Nolan Arenado, absolutely killing the ball. He's up to 343 in his batting average, 16 homers over 50 RBI at this point of the season. And it's only June 6th. Um, This is what you want to see from these guys. They have a a number of dudes batting over 300. And I'm excited to see where they keep going because they are really hot right now. And who knows? We could see this turn into if they they continue to be that hot and the Dodgers, even if they cool off just a bit, we could see this this NL West race turn into, you know, the one versus four seed in the National League. Agreed. And the like, like you mentioned, the NL West, the, with the Dodgers being so far ahead, the Rockies – the Padres, the Diamondbacks, Giants, whoever wants to make the playoffs, the only way they're going to have to do it, the only way they're going to be able to do it, make the playoffs will be through the wild card. So yep. 
like the Twins a couple of years ago. Yeah, there's no chance that they're going to catch the Dodgers being 10 games back and all that stuff. Um, Crazier things have happened. The Dodgers have done this a couple times where they, in June they've been seemingly out of it and win the division. Yeah, but the Dodgers also have big name after big name. Yeah, that's true. They have since basically 2011. Um, <laughs> so Regardless. Yeah, so great team there, and, and the Rockies right now are right in the conversation for, for the wild card. Um, so I think for them, they have to continue to play odd and really, I don't want to say forget about the division. The, the division will take care of itself, but I'd say have they need to be focused on the rest of the National League and have their focus on the rest of the National League as opposed to you know what's going on around them, where they jump in their standings. They just need to be better uh, than at least one, all but one uh, for wildcard teams. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, and looking at it right now, I mean, Milwaukee's, you know, they're, they're battling with the Cubs for first the NL Central, and they, they would be wildcard one, then the Braves, and the, the Rockies are only a game and a half behind the Braves there. So, you know, they're, they're, they're putting themselves back in that conversation. They're now ahead of St. Louis by a half a game. Um, so, well, it's going to be really exciting to see what they end up doing. And I'm trying to pull it up now. They're playing the Cubs today. Um, but the Rockies have only played trying to get the division breakdown. Um, why isn't it giving me the expanded? Uh, never mind. I don't, I don't have division by division. I wanted to try to give us that, uh, that breakdown, but I don't have, Oh no, here we go. I got it now. It did load, uh, the Rockies. Yeah. They've only played. So they played the East a lot. They've played the Phillies both in Philadelphia and away. They played 19 games against them. Uh, so that's six plus series against the NL East teams. They've only played nine games. Today is game 10 against the NL Central. So they have a lot of room to work with there. Uh, so in other words, teams like Milwaukee, like St. Louis, who's right there, Pittsburgh, who's right behind them, to really try to separate themselves. And if they're moving in that direction, I think that's a that's probably a pretty good sign if you're a Rockies fan. Oh, yeah, big time. And uh, honorable mention, hot team of the week has to be, has to go to, the Miami Marlins. Yes. Four straight yes. games, seven of their last 10. Not saying they're going to turn a corner, but they're 10 games out. They're the same amount of games out of first place as the Rockies are. So uh, yes. within their division. I'm glad you brought this up too, because the Marlins have scored, Greg. They have been absolutely on fire offensively the last couple games. Against the Milwaukee Brewers too, where they've just put up, Last night they put up eight runs. The other night they put up 16 runs. They're up 3 nothing right now. They took care of business in San Diego over the weekend, and that's traveling basically as far as any team can. I mean, good for these for these Marlins. If they pull off a sweep in Milwaukee, that's huge. Yeah. Just for baseball in general saying, you know what? We might be effectively a triple-A team, but we are absolutely not out of this thing. We're, we, we still are We're playing for pride. Oh yeah, big time. And yeah. I mean, I'll never give hashtag respect number two all that nonsense. Um, R two spec, but R two peck, R two peck. Um, but you know, maybe this is the fruits of the labor coming to, or no, the whatever, whatever the expression you want to use of you know all these moves are almost like the raise, you know. Yeah. All their young guys just need experience, and yeah, it's gonna be a struggle for a year or two. Last year was the road bump. This year, sort of the hope. Well, you don't know; it's too early to tell. But hopefully, that'll be the better than last. And yeah, 
And uh, it's worth noting Jorge Alfaro, the catcher that the Phillies traded to Miami for JT Romuto. He's batting 282, nine homers, 25 ribbies. I mean, he's really start, he's turning into the prospect the Phillies had, had hoped for and, you know, and decided to part ways with to try to get the perennial all star catcher. So good, good on Derek Jeter of, of starting to get and, and crew of getting prospects that are, you know, that are starting to live up to the hype. So, I mean, their, their version of, of a process or whatever you want to call it, I mean, it, it seems like it, it might, you know, actually start clicking and, and this might be the, the first year in that, that right step. Yeah. And if we learned anything, we learned that the process does not work. And whoa, 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 whoa. I mean, the Sixers did not win a title playing in Thumble. That, that remains to be seen. No one's retired yet. Yeah. No, the process did not work. All right. We're not going to basketball talk right now. Um, um, oh, Jordy, honestly, yeah, you know, just had to throw them in there. Had to mention them. Um, yeah, yeah. Always chirping. Always chirping. Let's, uh, anyway, back to baseball. American? Let's go over the let's yeah. Let's go to the AL. Um, hot team of the week, American League. I will start, Sir Gregor, and I am going to go because we. I feel like we haven't really talked about them. We kept saying, "Oh yeah, they're going to be fine. They're going to be fine." And it's been two weeks, and they're now their winning percentage is two thirds. I'm going to go with the Houston Astros, who are winners of seven of the last ten. Starting pitching has been absolutely on fire, as is their offense. Greg, left and right, this team has all star after all star, and I think we might see a lot of different guys. Maybe almost every single member of their starting their starting lineup on the final ballot for the American league all-star game uh, vote. If you, and we can jump into that if you're not sure what I mean by that. Um, but Alex Bregman, Michael Brantley has been absolutely on fire. Uh, and Justin Verlander looking absolutely unreal. Garrett Cole striking guys out left and right. Um, Greg, it's been fun to see the Astros really storm back after a slow start and the opposite of the Seattle Mariners. Um, and I, would love to see, and I think we need a, we need a couple stellar outings from Garrett Cole to be on pace to do this. But I would love to see Garrett Cole in the mix for 300 strikeouts. And I know we need we need a couple 10 strikeout games in the month of June to be over 150 by the time June ends. Um, but I think it's doable. I think we could. I think that's something that we could be watching. I'm going to make a bold prediction right now. I I want that. I want some some huge milestone to look at uh, by by September end. I love it. Wake me up when yeah. September ends. I love it, Jordy. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, everyone likes strikeouts, right? Great call. Houston came in um, to Boston recently, took care of business for the Red Sox. But, yeah, Houston, um, you and I had always said be patient, similar to what we're saying with the Red Sox, and Houston was able to turn it around quicker simply because their pitching is better and healthy, um, whereas the Red Sox pitching is not necessarily healthy. So um, good for Houston. And their offense is starting to or continuing to explode like they have been all year, um, and only getting better with the aid of how good their pitching's been. Jordy, I'm going to go with the other team in the. Or I'm going to go with the a team that we should have been talking about all year, but we sort of haven't really talked about. It has to be the number one story of the of baseball this year, and that that is of course the Minnesota Twins. Yes. Yes, so, I, 
you gave me shit when I picked them as a hot team because because they were coming into Philly uh, the first yeah. week of the season. But yes, the other the, team, the Twins, the, the Twins are twenty or sorry, fifteen and five in their last twenty games. Mm-hmm. Fifteen and five in the last twenty games. Uh, a team that is equally as good at home as they are on the road. Three hundred and fifty-six runs scored, which is the most. The yes. absolute most in all of Major League Baseball, and by a long shot. Um, and their pitching is get, only given up 252, which is pretty, uh, I would say, towards the bottom. Um, not the bottom, but I would say at least bottom 10 of 32 teams. So the Twins getting it done on both with pitching and hitting. Easily the surprise of the year has to be the Twins offense, but uh, like I said, the last seven games, yeah, they lost two in a row to the Indians, but before that, they they won three out of four versus the Rays, uh, split one and one with the Brewers, swept the White Sox, swept the Angels, and then won three out of four versus the Mariners. So they have just been on a tear in their last two weeks, because we skipped last week, but 15 and five in the last 20. Also, maybe one of the one of the best double ups on uh, I think it was on Sunday, where I th- where it was I believe it was Byron Buxton, their center fielder, makes the catch, throws it almost on a fucking dime, but it took one hop. CJ Crone with maybe the most savage just swipe to double up uh, the Rays runner. I did not I did not catch who it was, but if you have not seen this. Look it up. He makes makes a, he almost makes a Willie Mays esque catch and throw uh but unreal play it was uh certainly all over the top 10 on my flight home from colorado so i saw it many a time on my airplane (laughs) but uh an awesome play when we're uh when probably when we're going to be turning back turning back the clock at the end of the season to look at best plays yeah i mean i agree it was unbelievable if you haven't seen it go ahead and uh find it on youtube or instagram um no free ads for those two sites but (laughs) 40 and 20, um, just behind the Astros, 42 wins. and They were the first of 40, though. They lost, lost their last two games. but They were, yes. They were the first in the AL to 40. And they just reached 20 losses, which is you know the same as, as unreal. the Dodgers, So That's unreal. Yeah. Exactly. The craziest know, thing, too, though. you mentioned their away record. They've played they've played five more away games, or four more away games. So, they're, I mean – that's, I mean, they they got more home more home games left in a way. So you presume that their record would still continue to go up that way. Friendly confines of Target Field, where uh, some of the some of the patrons like to uh, partake in some of the uh, the marijuana. If you remember from their opening weekend of the stadium, um, I'm not sure we want to bring that up on our pod. <laughs> oh no, you don't remember? I mean, it's a bleacher creature that counts. All right. um, I love it. Quite literal. Uh, honorable mention, though, Greg. I want to throw wanted to throw out the Texas Rangers uh, just because they're still hanging around right now. They have a better record than the Indians, uh, and their run differential's gone positive. This is a team that we came into the season with not a lot of thoughts or any sort of hype on. Um, thought this was going to be a really you know really easy story to tell. Their pitching wasn't very good. Their batting wasn't really anything to write home about. But guys like Joey Gallo, who we thought, is he going to break the Mendoza line? He has 17 homers, 41 RBI, and he's batting 276. Hunter Pence, who they picked up on a minor league deal, has 11 homers and nearly 40 ribbies. Uh, so a lot of veteran guys really coming up really coming up strong for him. So I, I think it's worth noting and, and giving them props where it's due because they uh, they're certainly hanging on right now. 
I mean, <coughs> yeah, I, I agree. Um, my hot team of the week. So credit to me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, claiming two. I, I guess so. It's a beautiful day. Might as I well claim two. Uh, cold teams. Let's start in the AL. Uh, Greg, you want to start with the cold team? Oh, man. Luckily, this was not last week because it was last week. I would obviously say our boys, the Boston Red Sox. But this is this week. Um, <laughs> I'm going Kansas City Royals. All right. The Sox are playing them now, and the Sox need to beat up on them and uh, continue to beat up on them. They're winning right now. So hopefully, um, you know, the Sox can sweep and get three games, three for three. But, um, yeah, that'd be awesome. Kansas City Royals for me, cold team of the week. Eight and 23 on the road, Jordy, 11 and 19 at home. Um, not good. Not, not great. Uh, the other end of the spectrum from the Twins. But they lost right now two out of three and losing to the Red Sox, potentially being swept by the Red Sox. Lost three out of four. The Rangers, if they lose today, there'll be six straight losses in the last seven games. Before that one win, they had they got swept by the White Sox and lost two out of three to the Yankees. So um, just a miserable, miserable end of May, beginning of June for Kansas City Royals. Um, and cold team because everyone in the state of Missouri can lose this month. All righty. And if you don't know why, Jordy, you're not paying attention. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Uh, I'm going to go quickly with the Yankees, um, simply just that they've lost three in a row. Uh, classic announcer's curse from ESPN on, uh, I think it was on Saturday when they had locked up the series win against the Red Sox. I think it was either ESPN or Fox does the how many series in a row the Yankees have won, and I feel like that's uh, set them on this on this uh, this course right now, the 8-5 loss in ESPN to the Sox. Then they go up to Toronto, Greg's least favorite place to play, and have lost two out of three games, and they played a night to try to try to rectify something in that series. But then they continued on going to Cleveland, which, you know, if you're not careful, that's something that could be that you would like to, to, to win it and potentially it could be a wild card game. It could be a divisional series game, uh, depending on how a lot of different things shake out. Uh, I know the Yankees are in first right now, but there's a lot of time left in this season. So that's why I'm saying that, um, you know, so that you really don't want to, you don't want to go in. You don't want to have this, this road trip be a 500 record of three and three. You want to try to try to come out of that four and two, especially when you were so hot coming into it. Um, so that's, that's part of why I'm doing it. So almost as a precaution, just a lot, a lot partially, cause I don't want to gang up on the teams that, that we all think should be bad, like a, a Baltimore Orioles or even the blue Jays who before playing the Yankees have really been pretty terrible. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah. great call, Jordy. Good. Good. Uh, gotta keep the, gotta keep those division leaders in check, Greg. Also raise watch 20, 2019 full force. They're only a game and a half back. Uh, See, I can't do that because the Red Sox are ahead of the Red them. Sox. Yeah, the Red Sox are below them. Jesus, yeah. Someone just well, let's have them overtake the Yankees and the Red Sox. Chip away, chip away, chip away, chip away, chip away, chip away. Jordy, cold team, National League. What do you got? Uh, I am gonna go with. I'm gonna save the Phillies for Phillies talk because they could easily be a pick. But um, 
I'm going to go with the San Diego Padres, who had been so good and really out, you know, outperforming expectations. Um, their pitching staff really been tough, but their offense, as proven uh, in the first game against the Phillies earlier this week, uh, is really fucking good. Manny Machado hit a grand slam. Uh, you know, they're, they've really surprised a lot of people. 31 and 31, despite having one of the the lower batting averages in total runs scored, they've really been able to figure out where to go in terms of scoring, in terms of having good pitching, a really good bullpen uh, that we might be hearing a lot about as we enter into late June and early July around the All-Star game and trade deadline talk. Um, so kind of a team to keep an eye out on it. And I think now we might start to see them slip and it's a, it's a little bit of a bummer to see because they'd been doing so well with a lot of these different guys on their roster. So a lot of exciting, exciting players to keep an eye out on like Hunter Renfro, but who knows what we'll see with, uh, with some of these, these other guys like a Kirby Yates or Craig Stan, pretty good middle reliever there uh, going forward. And it'll, it'll be really interesting to watch these guys. Great pick Jordy. Yeah. Anything else to say about them? Uh, no, I, I will get into the Phillies great comeback win yesterday, but that's probably the one downside of them is their bullpen outside of those big names is a little, is a little tough to, uh, to swallow from them. Uh, so I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what their offense can do. Cause like I said, coming into, coming into the last few weeks, uh, before they were so hot, they were, they were pretty bad and underperforming. So it seems like they're a hot and cold team, uh, quite literally of streaks. So we'll see what they do with a, a number of different vets like Machado, Kinsler, Hosmer. We'll see. I'm good. I like it. Um, and as you mentioned, they were at, last week, they would have been the hot team of the week. They're on such a streak that, yep. um, you know, this really just blew it for them. My Colton team of the week should be no surprise to those who are paying attention. Jordy, can you guess? Uh, are you going to call, is it going to be the Phillies for you? St. Louis Cardinals nailed it. Um, Alrighty. Cause the entire, <laughs> the entire state of Missouri can go lose this week and next week. Um, if you don't know why, Jordy, you're not paying attention. I mean, they, we talked about their sw- their sweep of the Cubs, so explain it to the folks. Take away the sweep of the Cubs, Jordy. You take out that sweep, right? They lost two out of three to the Phillies. They lost two out of three to the Braves. They split one on one with the Royals. They lost two out of three to the Rangers, and then lost two out of three again to the Braves, and then three out of yep. four to the Pirates. So their last 20-some-odd games or so has not been great. Um with the exception of that sweep of the Cubs, of said Cubs. Um, but again, take that out. Really, really not a great end of May for them. And no. um, to lose to the Reds, 4-1, and then I'm pretty sure they're losing right now. Uh, it's 1-1 right now, but they got postponed. So it could be a, it's a two-game series right now and could turn into a, a an 0-2 performance in Cincinnati. Yeah, I mean, do we count as a two-game series, or do they just resume the series later on? That's the question. Yeah, I guess if we're really splitting hairs, I guess technically it gets. <laughs> yeah. um, no, that sounds like that's... somebody doesn't want to think of the five-game series loss of zero and five from the Red Sox like ten years ago as zero and five. Or it's also everyone's talking about how the Red Sox that ser- they lost two out of three to New York, but the series isn't over because they still have to play the fourth and final game to see if they split. Or if they lose, oh, oh, there you go. Um, yeah, what happens if one of the games in London gets rained out? What'd you say? 
What happens if one of the games in London gets rained out? Well, technically they're Red Sox home games, so. So they'd play them in Fenway? Yeah, so like the Red Sox are missing out on two home games at Fenway. Are they playing where uh, where Liverpool plays so that John Henry still makes money on it? Is that Wembley? I think that's where Manchester United plays. Is that where the games are? I think it's I think it's Wembley because that's the biggest one, I yeah. believe. Uh, all right, yeah. Uh, soccer fans, get on it and, and report back Tell to us. Tell us what you got. Uh, um, yeah. Jordy, hot players, cold players, or do you want to do Phillies? No, let's jump over to the players. Um, yeah, we'll start. Let's start in the NL. Um, I got got a pretty good one. I'm gonna. I mentioned the Colorado Rockies. Or I think you mentioned them. Um, but I'm gonna go with with Daniel Murphy as my hot player of the week. Uh, in six games this week, he was 11 for 26, a batting average over 400, 11 ribbies, and two runs scored on his end. Um, really helping to drive in the ball. A lot of singles, uh, a few strikeouts here, but really seeing the ball pretty well. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to go with him and, and really uh, his ability to really drive a lot of runs in. If you're going with the Rockies, I feel like you have to go Trevor story. Yeah. He's a good pick too. Uh, I saw his runs scored, uh, you know, and, and that's, he's doing it all for, for the Rockies there. I mean, you could also go David Dahl cause he's been also on fire, but yeah, Trevor story is probably the good pick as well. Yeah. Uh, I'm also surprised the American league. You did not go with Jay Bruce. Yeah, for you mean the uh, National League? Sorry, National League. Jay Bruce. Uh, yeah, he's last, only played. He's only played two games as a Philly, so it's a well, little tough. Last seven days, regardless, Philly's not Philly. Last seven days, yeah. five hundred. Well, yeah, cross division then, <laughs> or cross Bruce, cross leagues. Jay Bruce, five hundred batting average, eight RBI, four home runs, eight runs total. Yeah, um, two homers in one game on uh, I think it was Wednesday night for, or on Tuesday night for the Phillies. Yeah, uh, very very nice performance helping to lead the Phillies over the San Diego Padres. So that's, that's yeah. a good pick too. Last seven days, I mean, he's he's yeah. Technically, the part of that was as a Seattle Mariner, so that's part part of why I didn't pick him. Oh, is that why you didn't pick him, or you just you just didn't want to be a homer and and? Well, I normally don't like to pick Phillies on my hot players of the week anyway, because we're going to talk about the Phillies. Same with same with why I don't normally pick Red Sox unless they're that dominant. Hint, hint for later, Greg. Nice. Yeah. Jordy, American anyway. League. What do you got? American League, Greg. I. It's a good question. I. I'm just going to pull the trigger. And go with Mike Trout. If you say uh, Mike Trout, I swear to God. Yeah, uh, I, I did literally right before you said if you say Mike Trout. If you so. say Mike Trout, I'm hanging out. Uh, all right. Then no, 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 solo no, no. Pod no, no, no. Say Mike Trout. Say Mike Trout. Go yeah, my, I think it's a solo pod for the rest. Uh, 10 for 24, three homers, nine ribbies, seven walks, six strikeouts. So, you know, I mean, there's a little bit there. He's he's getting aggressive, Greg. But a couple the stolen base here. Um, a guy who... You know, the, the Angels aren't really – this is probably the most we'll be, you know, talking about them this week. But, you know, uh, it's just kind of what you what, what you hope to see out of this guy who really just needs more help is probably the the, the best way to put it in, in L.A. of A. Um, Please. But you got to give credit where it's due. What would you say? You're falling into the media hype. Uh, I mean – that's a pretty good week, regardless of its media hype or not. <laughs> no, no, I mean, like, he needs more help. Yeah, no, great week for Mike Trout. Um, yeah, I mean, well, yeah, he does, though. I mean, Tom Estella had a decent week, but their pitching staff's awful. 
Like get him pitching around around him. I mean, they're scoring enough runs, but their pitching staff is terrible. My hot player of the week from the American League, Shohei Itani, uh, would be a pitcher for them, but he had Tommy John, so he'll be back next year. Yes. My hot team of the week, I mean, Jared Reaver was the biggest mistake they've ever made, but. Oh, yeah. Uh, my hot player of the week is Francisco Lindor. Great pick. Great, great pick. Yes. Last seven days. <laughs> much better than Mike Trout in the last seven days. Uh, Lindor, 455 average, one stolen base, five RBIs, four home runs in seven days, and seven RBIs. Um, great week from him and from the Indians, who on the outside looking in, in terms of their division, nine games back, one game over 500 outside of looking in in terms of playoffs. So, um Indians need to turn some things around here and quickly if they want to keep their little playoff streak alive. Yeah, you know, talking about that, I mean, they're they're on the outside looking in right now behind Tampa and the Red Sox for the wild card teams. Then we mentioned the Rangers who are actually half a game ahead of them or uh, two games actually because they are one game, two let two less losses. Um, so yeah, they, they do need to try to figure some stuff out. Their pitching has been all over the map this this season so far and their offense i feel like we talk about this at least once every other show of it's just we need to see it pick up and we need to see it really get it going because they're behind the white Sox and run score behind the royals you know teams that we're talking about behind baltimore even uh teams that we talk about that that you know we expected to have bad offenses the indians have less runs scored then so if lindor is really starting to get it going and if they can get some guys healthy um you know, we, we hopefully will see them turn it around. I mean, it's only June 6th, but you're right. I mean, they're nine and a half games back and, and they're now two, they have to hurdle one, two teams to be even it in the wild card conversation or right on right, you know, sitting in it. So we'll see. Hopefully this is, this is the start of a, a veteran leading the way for uh for an Indian squad. I love it. Jordy pitchers of the week. I'll go first. Or do you want to go first? No, you go first. I started with uh, with batters. Do you want? Uh, are we just doing one or? Oh, if you want to do a starter and a, and a reliever, you're more than welcome to. I was going to do that. All right, perfect. So this has huh. been a crazy good week in terms of pitching. Um, yes. Very difficult to pick who, uh, you know, just the best of all the performers, I should say. Um, so for starters, I'm going to go with. Hyunjin Ryu from the Los Angeles Dodgers. I like it. I like it. 14, uh, 14.2 innings pitched in the last seven days. Two wins, nine Ks, zero earned runs. Um, the reason why I went with him as opposed to a guy like Scherzer, who had eight innings, 15 Ks, only one. Um, or Yeah, sorry. He only had one start, right? Yep. Uh, and then Chris Dale, who had a shitload of strikeouts, no runs yesterday, but runs the game before. So, um, for me, Ryu, sorry, Hyunjin, Dodgers starting pitcher, player of the week for me. No, I like it. I like it a lot. Um, yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with Scherzer as my start of the week, but it's worth noting Chris Sale, 22 Ks and in 15 innings over the week, and and his second immaculate inning of the season. Greg, he's the first guy since 1928 to have multiple immaculate innings in one season to go on Chris sale. But Max Scherzer, the reason why I'm going for him, 
Uh, only three hits allowed, one run, as you mentioned, a walk, a whip of 0.5, batting average of 111, and an ERA of 1.13, and basically yelling at his, at his manager. This is a guy who, in the national season, has not nearly been going the way that a lot of people thought it was going to. They thought they have Juan Soto. They have guys like Trey Turner, who was banged up. Um, you know, all these different guys that could, that could still carry the torch that in Bryce Harper's absence, uh, Scherzer being, being the, the front, the front load of the the pitching staff. And this is a guy who I think probably let some of that frustration boil over in it, but he's still doing his thing. He's still doing that, that Max Scherzer thing of being absolutely dominant. So good on him. Um, and we'll see what, what, where it goes with, with him and the nationals and, I think he's still owed a lot of money. I don't think he's a name that you'd hear about at the deadline if somebody's really looking for a starter because it's not like a basketball or a hockey where you might see a you know fool's ransom traded for a guy like that in the middle of the season. But who knows? We you know we've seen crazier things happen, and if he continues to dominate. Maybe the Nationals chip away at it, and they find themselves as a dark horse candidate for a wild card team. I mean, has anybody? had a more dominant like five years than this guy no i don't think so pitching I mean, maybe pedro peak pedro yeah i mean i was like, thinking you could argue red Sox, like end of end of astros start of red Sox, pedro end of uh expos yeah yeah, where you had the perfect. It was this was like the, I got the alert a couple days ago. It was like twenty five years ago. He was perfect through nine innings, and they went into extras. Yeah. Like another hasn't been done since the dead ball era feet. I mean, miserable. Yeah. I mean, you know, who who knows there? I mean, that's a really good question. I, I'd love to hear some people's thoughts on, on different ones, but um, yeah, the Nationals also a dark horse, hot team of the week winners of eight of their last 10. So, so uh, good on me for bringing them up, trying to diversify the teams we talk about. <laughs> Greg, you have a reliever you want to mention? Yeah, I have a couple of relievers, but uh, number one reliever would be for me, Sean Doolittle from said Washington Nationals. Yeah, that's a good pick. Uh, thank you, Jordy. 3.2 innings pitched, one win, three saves, five Ks. So in four games that he appeared this, this, um, this week, he got a win and three saves in four appearances. Zero runs earned. Um, great little, great little week for him in, in the last seven days. Um, and for me, the reliever of the pe- of the week, more so than Brad Hand, who went three for three on saves, but he did not get a win like Sean Doolittle. So that's why I distinguished there. Okay. All what right. do you got, Jordy? Yeah, I, I could go with Ken, with Kenley Jansen, um, another the other reliever to get three saves on the week. Similar to to Brad Hand, he he only appeared in three games. Uh, he did let up a hit, so so shame on you for not having, <laughs> not having a whip of zero. Uh, but I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go in terms of holds, and I'm gonna go with hmm. I'm going to go Sean Newcomb. I wasn't going to go with him, but because he's let up a number of hits, but I'm going to go with Newcomb, three appearances, three holds. It was only over four, four outs that he made, but two K's really did the most of what of the work there. Um, I almost went with Adam Adovino from the Yankees or Tommy Kaline uh, or 
uh, guys that have really helped the Yankees where, be where they've been in the last seven days, but kind of just building off of also the, the coldness of the Yankees in the last few days, I decided not to go that way. So Newcomb's my guy, the Braves right now are actually losing to the Pirates five to one. So uh, good news for me as a Phillies fan, but uh, the, the, yeah, the, the Braves are, are f- still fighting for fighting second place in the NL East and, and in a pretty good spot. If you're uh, if you're an Atlanta fan. I love it, Jordy. Good for you. Yeah. Uh, Phillies talk. Yeah, let's jump into Phillies talk. So it was uh, similar to what you were saying. It's been an interesting two weeks for the Phils. Um, you mentioned the the series win against St. Louis last week. That was very very strange. Of uh, a lot of rain in Philadelphia. Right, right when I first left to go to Colorado. So some of those games against the Cardinals were delayed. Um, then they go out to LA. They get swept. They lost the series finale against the Cardinals and lost the series opener against the the Padres. So five straight losses at one point this week. Uh, they go out. We mentioned Tuesday night where Jay Bruce had two homers. Scott Kingery had a home run. A really scary moment on Monday night though, where Andrew McCutcheon tore his ACL and is now out for the year. Uh, so really precarious position the Phillies are in. They called up. One of their top prospects, their first-round pick from two years ago, Adam Hazley, who went over on Tuesday night, but yesterday, Greg, had his first-ever Major League hit, and it was the game-winning RBI. Uh, and earlier in the game, he had scored, and the Phillies end up pulling out this great come-from-behind win. They were down 5-2 in the seventh inning, win 7-5, and now they come home for a little bit of a, of a mini homestand. They play the Reds this weekend. I'm going to try to go tomorrow night. Then they put the Diamondbacks at the beginning of next week. So it's, it's going to be really fun seeing them come back at home because it feels like forever since they have been, partially because I was away for the three games that they were home last week. So uh, I'm excited, and I think they're in a pretty good spot right now. Um, obviously, though, we we would be remiss if we didn't mention also the news about Dubal Herrera and what happened with him in Atlantic City with the potential domestic violence charges against him. Uh, he's on the restricted list right now, so that's part of the Phillies' outfield uh, thinness, if you want to call it that. So it's uh, the Phillies have, have made a number of different roster moves in the last two weeks, and it's going to be really interesting. You have some young guys up in the lineup. The Jay Bruce trade couldn't have happened at a better time, considering what happened to McCutcheon and everything there. Um, so going forward, it'll be fun to see Gabe the Babe and how he how he puts these lineups together because he's now moved Bryce Harper to second and Gene Segura to third. Uh, Cesar Hernandez has been leading off and in McCutcheon's absence, so it's you're really starting to see some of the wheels spinning, I think in Kapler's mind, as well as in Matt Clintax's. And I think going forward, it'll be pretty cool to see. Yeah. That was going to be my question is, you know, we talked about it maybe a month ago, but is how Gabe, the babe handling all the talent, you know, how's he handling, um, you know, I questioned McCutcheon playing so much and, you know, so I mean, I'm not going to say I'm happy. Obviously you never want to root for somebody to get hurt, but this allows some of the young guys to play a lot more. Yep. Um, which only will make them better. And only, you know, whether the, the, whether this is the year for the Phillies or, you know, they're kind of built for long term. So McCutcheon getting a lot of playtime. Yeah. Helped them this year, but the Phillies are built with a ton of young talent and a team that will last long term with the exception of their pitching staff. Um, so, my question to you, Jordy, is Kluber or Keiko? Which one? Which one is it? It's Keiko. It's a free agent right now. 
Yeah, Keiko, go out and get him. Yeah, so it's interesting you ask that because we saw Kimbrel get signed yesterday, of course, to the Cubs. And a big reason why you're, you're starting to see this and the, the rumors of who they're going to get signed by really build up is now that now you don't have to have draft pick compensation included in signing these guys. Um, so, yeah, it's really – it'll be – it'll be interesting because you have, you mentioned young guys and it's fun seeing them come up because they have a lefty named Cole Irvin. They've brought up a couple times to get some starts. They actually used an opener over the weekend against the Dodgers, basically because they didn't want Cole Irvin to just immediately come up from triple a and get thrown and thrown to the wolves. Cause different guys have gone on, the, gone on and off the DL um, different starters. I mean, um, so getting another lefty in there would, would probably do a pretty good, pretty good justice for the Phillies. Of course, the Yankees have been the leading name in the Dallas Keuchel sweepstakes right now. Um, the Phillies Phillies still have a lot of money, so it's not necessarily, I think, a question of that. I think it might be a fit a fit question for Dallas Keuchel. Um, so who knows? I mean, I, th- I think it'd be a welcome addition. Just add another veteran arm to a starting rotation that's been been pretty banged up. And I the, think, though... The Yankees will be a name to the end of time for yeah. any and all people who cost money. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. Um, I think, though, that a really... What's impressed me in the last couple weeks, and there's been some concern here and there, has been the bullpen. Um, you know, Hector Neris had a really good five-out save last night because another another injury. You know, the Phillies. I, I just I think the Phillies need to stay away from from the West Coast, Greg, because players always seem to get hurt out in California. Reese Hoskins hit himself in the face last year oh. uh, with the foul ball. That's where he wore the Magneto mask afterwards. Um, Sir Anthony Dominguez, though, who get got a hold, but he got removed from the game, uh, and he is now. I don't think he's officially been put on the IL, but he uh, he did leave the game with a. Little, I think it was a hamstring injury, so we'll see what happens with him. Maybe that maybe he'd been a little bit banged up before that, and that's why he had been a little shaky to start the year. ERA over four, a WHIP of almost one and a half. So we'll see that. But Hector Neris, like I mentioned, five out save yesterday. He's really looked strong. Throughout this season, uh, and dating back to August when he first came back up from AAA, um, when he'd really been abysmal at the start of 2018. Um, so good good on him. I mean, it's his 12th save of the year. He had a couple strikeouts. His fastball is looking great. He's had an awesome splitter throughout 2019 to the point that yesterday that I think a lot of people and the Phillies announcers even mentioned this, that you kind of started to think that you knew the pattern of pitches of when he throw a fastball and when he throw a splitter. And I think batters – we're trying to catch on to that too because they were laying. There was a great fastball that he just threw right, almost right down the middle, just low in the strike zone. That it, that I think the batter thought was going to be a splitter, splitter low in the dirt, and nearest challenged him, and the guy didn't even take the challenge. He just had the bat on his shoulder and ended the game. So I mean, to the long winded, the long winded compliment. The Phillies bullpen has been a lot better recently, and if they continue to to perform this way. You know who's to say who's to say that it's not going to be the worst. You know, it's not going to be my the bane of my existence coming through this summer as it had been in the spring. No, and I think Sir Anthony getting all that experience they had last year, and I think the bullpen not getting overworked um, helps a lot too. Because think about the appearances mostly last year was either in a close game or high pressure situation, close game or down, where they had to either keep the lead or keep the the gap the same right yep. um this year they're playing with more of a lead you know yeah. less one run games and more winning by 
two or three runs where they have some wiggle room. So Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yesterday, obviously, they came from behind, but it was still a great performance. That's a really good point. And I think it's just a compliment, too, to the Phillies offense that they, at any point, can can manufacture these runs because it's not just it's not just Bryce Harper. It's not just Reese Hoskins. It's guys like Segura. It was McCutcheon. Now he's hurt. But guys like Franco, Kingery's been great in the last week since he's really gotten gotten back into the starting ri- lineup. So, I mean, if these guys continue to play, you know, up and down the lineup like they have in the first two months of the season, it, it should be pretty fun and hopefully good for my bank account with Phillies over under 89 and a half wins. Thank you very much. <laughs> he doesn't bet often, folks, but when he does, he goes for oh, I'm glad you don't think I'm a degenerate because there are some people that do. Not going to point fingers, but. <laughs> Matty D. Even though he's a complete degenerate, man, you should have seen him at the waste management. I don't, Actually, know, if I, I don't know if I wanted to see him at the waste management. Oh, it was funny. It was fun. It was just getting him. He got to the point that he was, that we were betting dollars on all different things, Matt, Greg, that Matt tried to, we bet a dollar of who would get through airport security first at the Phoenix airport. That's hilarious. Yeah, it was great. Oh, uh, so funny. That's pretty funny, actually. Yeah. But what's uh, what else do you, what else do you think about the Phillies? What else do you want to know or or theorize about them? Uh, I mean, the big thing is, and the big question that's always going to lurk is, at the end of the day, Jordy, they had a lead last year going into September. They're going into August and they blew it. Right. So they were they were two games back on September first. Okay. My point is the always forever looming is Bryce Harper or JT Romuto or I guess McCutcheon's gone now, but do they have enough leadership or do the guys know enough from last year that hey, we can't fade like we did last year? Is is it is it you know they have more more pieces now where guys don't have to play as much. So they won't fade. Is it, you know, what, what is, what is being done differently this year um, to make sure that the team doesn't fade. And, and I think from my own perspective, obviously with outside the obvious of having more offense than you had last year and more guys that, you know, like if last year, if Reese went on a slump, the team sucked and at doable went on a slump, the team sucked this year. They have other guys who, can hit at the same, you know, if those two go on a slump, whatever. Well, yeah. And Oduble may not play another game in a Phillies uniform. So there's, there's that too. Um, but yeah, I think, it, I think it is that of that. There's more veterans. There's real Muto versus Alfaro. Alfaro had been, he's doing very well this year. I mentioned it before with the Marlins, um, but real Muto, I think adds another, just another layer to it where if Harper's slumping, if Hoskins is slumping and we've seen it, Throughout throughout parts of this season, that Real Muto can really pick up the slack. Segura can pick up the slack, um, and when they're all clicking, it's great. And we, you know, obviously had a had a really rough weekend in LA where you only score five runs and that you let up twenty of them. So, you know, we can see the opposite end of that too, where where you know it's tough. And I don't know, but I think. You know, it's tough in, the, in that aspect where you tie up a game like you did Friday night with a Bryce Harper homer, and then Hector Neris blow, you know, lets up a bomb to uh, to a, a, I think it was their eight hitter of the Dodgers. But I think when it's all clicking, it's great, and there are certain certainly times where where it does slump. I think really the offense. I think unlike last year, 
where the offense really started to cool off in August and you started to see it slowly trickle throughout the pitching staff. I think with those younger guys and those younger pitchers and building confidence behind them with this offense, I think is probably the key in keeping that up because it sounds simple enough, but it's easier to pitch with the lead. It's easier to pitch when you know your offense is going to go out there and put up runs for you. And I think last year the confidence went away and that's why the Phillies were absolutely abysmal in August in August and especially in September when they almost lost 12 in a row to, to close out the year. Um, so I think that's probably the, the key to this year is just making sure that you instill that confidence going into September that we're going to pick you up to the rest of the pitching staff. Um, whether it's a reliever saying it to the, to, for instance, Jake Arrieta yesterday, we're going to pick you up, Jake. We're going to stop it at five runs right now. And that's what they did. They threw half a game of, of pretty great baseball. Um, and really at the point where, where they were, you know, their runners in scoring position, Hector Neris comes in, gets two outs, and then can go back out in the ninth inning. So I think just building the confidence and, and these guys really seeming, we talked about it a couple weeks ago, really seeming to all like each other, enjoy being on this baseball team, whether it's Kapler or any of the other guys, just having fun, I think is, uh, I think that's the key. It's just remembering it's a game for, it's a kid's game and, and just play like, play like you're still a kid. And, I, and, and, I'll come back to that point, but that goes a long way because that's similar to what the Red Sox sort of had all last year was the whole fun thing um, and that whole vibe. So definitely works, definitely a a unifier. The whole kids game thing, you're getting paid hundreds of millions of dollars. Okay, better question, Jordy. Final question. (laughs) How come a Friday night game at Citizens Bank Park is only $17? How come I can go uh, right now for $17? Yeah, so that's the cheapest seats. It's uh standing room and also the upper deck. Uh and that's what I mean, those that's what the Phillies have always been able to do. I mean, even when the the year after they won the World Series, I think they were fifteen dollars for those seats. Uh that's face oh. value. You it's face even, value. Okay. Not well, you can't even get into Fenway for less than fifty, sixty. Yeah, I mean it, it's the face value of the ticket. So I mean if the when the Phil- so back in 2010 11 when the team was still really good the first couple of years after the world series win um they were sold i mean that was the the sellout streak so it was tough to you'd have to get there at like 4:30 to get a to get one of those tickets they go pretty quickly um if you're lucky enough to get them great but if not you know you got to go buy in the secondary market and now the stubhub seat geeks of the world are really out there uh, Last year, you, you you could buy tickets for as low as three dollars, which was awesome for me as a fan of this team for as long as I have been. Um, but now you're you're starting to see if you don't get there quick enough, you're going to have to buy a ticket for twenty five thirty dollars off of the Seat Geek, and potentially have to do standing room instead of buying a ticket in in right field for however much you know. Oh no! Um, listen, I would love it. I would love it if there was that. Low yeah, I mean, it's just, it's good on them of keeping ticket prices low for how expensive everything is inside the stadium. We talk about all these stadium snacks, and they're not cheap. Yeah. Uh, the you know the fancy dancy ones. So I mean, good good on the Phillies for knowing for knowing that for that. Um, so Jordy, I have a couple bleacher creatures. Do you have any? Yeah, I have a few too. Uh, give me your first one, and then I'll uh, I'll give you one of mine. Okay, because we might cross over on a few of these. Are you sure? Oh, yeah. You go first. Okay. First one from me, Paul Pierce. So I don't know if you've seen this yet, Jordy. Yes, I saw this last night, but tell the fans. So when the Boston Celtics in 2008 won the NBA title, the most 
ever for any franchise in all of the NBA. Paul Pierce famously went down with a knee injury, got wheelchaired off the court, came back some 10, 15 minutes later, running, jumping, went out, went on to be the game high point getter. Everyone thought he tore his ACL because he went out on a, on a wheelchair, all that stuff. Last night on the broadcast, on a, he works for a pregame show. Yeah. yeah, he works for one of the pregame shows for one of the networks. Last night, there's been rumors out there that he, uh, I believe the medical term is defecated in his pants. The rumor, oh. the rumor is that he defecated his pants and that he needed to. That's why he got wheelchaired off so that because they were wearing white jerseys. They were wearing white jerseys. They, and so that didn't want to see it. Exactly, nothing would run down his leg and what have you. Last night, Paul Pierce all all but confirmed said rumors. Uh, and whether whether it will be seen as it is he was joking or whether it'll be seen as this is what actually happened. Uh, mm. I personally think he's joking, but this this how he said it with the straightest face and all the and um, Chauncey Billups also on the pregame show had to agree, but basically. Basically, Paul Pierce is like, yeah, the re- the reason why I got wheelchaired off because it was like the anniversary of X amount of years ago this happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got I got wheelchaired off because I I had to go to the bathroom and and I didn't want to stand up and have everyone see what what had happened inside of his pants. Yeah, I see, it had a, a little bit of a little little bit of a wet one. So <laughs> I. Up to you. What do you think? I think I think he's just joking, playing into the playing into the rumor and comedy of it. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I, I'd probably think that he's kidding around. Paul Pierce has been a guy who his entire career has always always joked around, kept it light, kept it fun. Sort of, it seems like that's the theme of today's episode, Greg. Uh, yeah. But obviously, there was all the Sports Center commercials, the Boston Three Party in that era. Um, he, you know, when he was on the Wizards, was was you know having fun on social media and really. I think helping that team when they when they won some of their series, I think his veteran presence helped there. Um, yeah, so I, I would think he's getting around. I don't think he actually shit his pants. <laughs> I mean, the greatest though was was how he just took in stride. Everybody gave him shit afterwards, be like, "Oh, bro, buddy," and then he comes back. And even I forgot how how kind of gingerly he would land, and it looked like he really did bust his knee. When he's making those three pointers, and you, if you prop, I guarantee you, and I'm sure everybody that listens to this podcast is a big enough sports fan that if you're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you're seeing the highlights of this where he's landing with that wide step, almost looking like he's like trying to swat somebody out of the way, um, with how wide it is and how wide his arms go. Uh, I forgot how how gingerly he looked hitting those three pointers in that in that first game. Yeah, I mean, he had a legit knee injury and, and still yeah. whatever. Anyway. Was he finals MVP or was it Kevin Garnett? No, they gave it to him. They gave it to Pierce. Everyone everyone said it should have gone to Ray Allen, but they gave it to Paul Pierce partly because uh, he was the Boston Celtics before those guys got there. So Yeah, yeah. I remember a year before that when they got – was it because didn't they get Ray Allen and Kevin Garnett within like an hour of each other? Um. It was something really yeah. quick. Because well, Garnett had a no trade clause, so they they needed to prove to like Garnett wasn't going to approve the trade unless they did something else. 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. I yeah. just re- I remember that, and I remember because that was when the, the NBA Finals were still three two three or right. or two three yeah. two. Yeah. And wasn't it? Then they split the two games in Boston. Or it was some. It was something where like everybody was convinced that it was going to come back to to Boston with the Lakers up three two, and like the the Celtics would have to force a game seven and all this stuff. And then they ended up winning it in five games, right? They won it in L.A. Again, the, everyone in Boston, no one likes to win at home. Another reason as to why I said the Bruins in six. Poor, poor Greg. Poor Greg. Don't win on home turf. Seriously. Uh, Retweet. Do you, and I have, do you and I, me and my low league two championships, and you with your more than ten, have, the, have our teams won the same amount at home? How many have the Phillies won it? Or the – Hey, the, the only one that they could win at home, they won. Game five of the 08 World Series. They couldn't win a Super Bowl at home. Yeah, I mean, no Super Bowls have been won at home. Yeah. Uh, the Celtics won on the road. The Bruins won on the road. The Bruins won on the road. How many uh, of the Red Sox won in Boston? The Red Just Sox? One? Only one. They only won one at home, yeah. Oh, great. They, they I, have some, I can compare myself to you in some way. They <laughs> swept, they, the Red Sox swept the Cardinals, swept the Rockies. And then um, the thirteen, they won at home. And then last year, oh, yeah, that's right, because because Ortiz was about to curse on TV, and they're like, "No, you can't, you can't curse after the World Series. We'll let you curse <laughs> after the bombing, yeah, yeah, but not after the World Series." <laughs> and then last year, they went on the road. So only one, yeah. only one out of the tens of thousands of championships. Yeah. Oh man, poor Greg. Poor Jordan, Greg. Thank you, Jordy. Thank you. Yeah, poor, poor Greg. Woe is you. Woe is you. So, what are you? You're at twelve currently, going for thirteen. I mean, I've lost count, but give me your bleacher yeah. creature. I'll get a count for you. Yeah. So I have a couple. One is, and I, I don't know if this is bleacher creature, or if it's just a, you know, an asshole of the week. Uh, have you seen all the stuff Angel Hernandez is back in the news? Uh, what do you do? So he's an, a major league baseball umpire for those that don't know. And I think it was either last night or it was two nights ago, but he on a pitch from Masahiro Tanaka, it's an Oh one count and a pitch comes right down the middle of the plate. And if you see it on pitch cast, it's put, they have the three boxes on the lower hat, you know, the lower third, the nine boxes, the low, the low and middle one. It's the pitch cast puts the pitch right in the middle of that. And it was called a ball. It was so blatantly a strike, this guy called it a ball. And there have been a lot of memes that have been circling around through the internet. And one that I found is that that meme of the guy who, you know, he, there's a guy dead on the couch. He shoots him and goes like, oh, why why did X do this? And this one is like the guy shooting is Angel Hernandez. Correct calls the already dead body, shoots the dead body and goes, why won't MLB let me call postseason games? <laughs> Nice. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, I, thought it, I thought it was pretty good because it's, it's – it, go look this up. The stat cast images that show it, the, the, the Yankees writer on Barstool had a pretty good uh, pretty good image of it. Uh, it's abysmal of showing how bad this guy's calls are. Um, and, yeah, he uh, – you know, for those that don't know, he's put lawsuits against Major League Baseball saying they won't – you know, they discriminated against him and stuff like that. And he's a guy that, that it's tough to – it's a weird situation to handle because he's – blatantly calling things terribly, but major league baseball has, has these other outstanding suits with him that, uh, you know, make, make things a little, a little more nuanced than they need to be in my opinion. Agreed. Jordy agreed. Yeah. Um, 
What? You said you, had, you said you had a couple other bleacher creatures, though. Yeah, the other one was D Day. Yes. Uh, but do you want me to give my my other two before we go serious? R.I.P. and P. That's all I needed to say. Yeah, yeah, no, I, pre- I mean, obviously, uh, yeah, 75 years ago today was D-Day, and, uh, you know, we appreciate everybody that, that you know, guys that are still still hanging around that, that served on that day and everyone else that did that, that have, you know, gone gone off to heaven and that helped, you know, helped everything in the effort of World War II, obviously. It's huge. Um, did, uh, one of your, did one of the George Washington canals, the fifth or third or second or – one of them. No, the fifth was the fifth. That was uh, 16 years before he was born or 17 years before he was born. Um, the fourth, I don't think fought and he did not fight. He was in the army, but I think he was in the reserves. Um, and I don't think any of my great grandparents did. Uh, but I know my I know I have uncles who are Marines and saw action in the Gulf War. Uh, the first one, not the second one. Uh, so, you know, George Washington definitely served. So. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Um, we were talking a little bit about my golf club off air, but George Washington marched through the grounds of Gulf Mills Golf Club. That's the, the urban legend surrounding it. Um, I have a fun fact. Yeah, very fun fact. Yeah. Um, so I have two. I have two more. One is is pretty quick, but there was an at the Astros top prospect has been intentionally walked so much, Greg, that there's a video of him the other night getting intentionally walked where he knew it was coming, so he didn't even bring his bat to the plate. How about that? Uh, in college baseball? Uh, I believe he's in... He it looks like he's in the minors. His name is Jordan Alvarez, and oh, wow. yeah, he's in the he's in the Houston Astros system. Uh, yeah, didn't didn't even need to bring his bat up to the that's, plate. That's pretty cool because, ironically enough, there's a guy uh, in the College World Series baseball College World Series it was the the regionals this past weekend, Greg. First right. round, he uh, the bases were loaded, and he was they walked him intentionally walked him. Does college have the the wave for the intentional walk? They don't need to throw pitches. No, they threw the pitches, but it was like yeah. they intentionally walked him with the bases loaded. Yeah, you yeah. know, I got I got to say, you know, the women's college world series just wrapped up, and UCLA took the title for it. I love watching both the softball and baseball tournaments. They're so cool, just both the double elimination format and everything there, and all the different players and hearing their backstories, and especially just the dominant performances that the that the girls put up or the women put up in theirs, um, like the, that UCLA pitcher who pitched ten innings and then hit the walk off home run to send them to the championship series. I mean, it's so cool. And then seeing all the different stories of like a three seed, which is really like the equivalent of a twelve seed in the basketball tournament, making the super regionals, which is the Sweet Sixteen. It's all pretty cool. It's fun to watch. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, and UCLA won, correct? Yes, UCLA won the Women's College World Series, the Softball National Championship. And the reason uh, why I know that is because Tom Brady's niece will be attending next year as a freshman softball player. On I did not know that. Yeah, I did not know that. That is that's pretty cool to hear. Um, yeah, it's yeah, it's a fun, it's a fun. Ter- both are fun tournaments to watch. And for those that don't know, sixty-four teams get in. They're all separated into two regionals, which unlike the basketball tournament, which is the four, that's the four brackets. It's 16 different four-team tournaments, double elimination. So if you lose your opening game, you, you still got another shot. Uh, and then once that is that's divided, once those are done, they're all paired off into what are called Super Regionals, which is a three-game series that will be played this weekend. Then you go off to the College World Series where they do – they split the bracket up again into two 
double elimination tournaments. The winners of those play a three-game series for all the marbles. So it's effectively four rounds of double elimination. Very cool. Very fun to watch. It's a lot of baseball, a lot of softball. Um, so if you're a junkie like Greg and I are, they're fun storylines to watch. But the the guys' tournament's cool because the draft is, is obviously right around the same time. So you have stuff like the kid gets – the one kid, I think – forget what school he he's coming from but he got he gets drafted and within five minutes it's a hits a home run to go ahead for his school uh but you also get the the, all the cool stories of the softball players and what you know what they've done and all this because espn really for both they really do but for the softball to really get those backstories kind of like in the in the basketball tournament they really go go ham on that agreed i agree i agree so that that was a bonus bleacher that was not my last one okay let's hear it my last one, uh, and it might also qualify for baseball players are fucking crazy. Um, did you see that a member of the Yankees double-A team of the Trenton Thunder broke up a no-hitter with a bunt single Ooh. the other day? Ooh, I did see this. Yeah, and then there was a bench-clearing brawl over it. So they literally cleared the benches. I didn't know that they cleared the benches, but... They cleared the benches, yeah. There was a no-hitter, but there was a run on the board, right? Yeah, we well there was a there was a guy at Berkshire who did that. He probably walked a couple errors, a, a run in. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if you remember, what was Oscar's last name? Oscar. He was two years ahead of us. He threw a no hitter and he let up like two runs because he walked a bunch of guys and we had a couple errors on JV. Was it not Martinez? Oscar Martinez. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't know there was basically clearing brawl. What do you think about that? What do you think about people doing that? I mean, I've seen the strategy before. I, I Evan Longoria tried it on the in a perfect game for yeah, Mark Burley. I can't. I mean, I don't know why people would be upset. Like the whole you don't. I mean, I get like from a historical standpoint, from a team standpoint, like what a, what that's bullshit. But at the same time. What's the difference between a bunt in the first inning and a bunt in the ninth inning, right? Yeah, it's one of those things where like the unwritten rules have been so. But if the score, if the score was ten nothing, maybe I'd understand. But it it looked like it was like four to one. Yeah, I think there were there was some strategy into into bunting. I mean, it's it's one of those things where like you hear all the time of why don't guys with the shift put on them bunt, and some people say, you know what, I'm just going to do it, and and if they're going to not respect that possibility, you know, so be it, and. I don't know. I think I think there's gamesmanship involved into it, and I don't know if you think it's cheap to try to do it. But at the same time, third baseman, shortstop, first baseman, whoever's whoever's supposed to be right there and fielding that spot. That's why you practice that. I mean, like we had that all the time in high school, and that's high school. I'm sure in college, the minors, the the any sort of pro level, you're doing a way more infield practice than a high school baseball team is for two hours, five days a week. You know, I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I know there's, I know it's the unwritten rules, but they've come and they've come under fire so much over the last five years with all the different, you know, let the kids play and all that sort of stuff. I, I, I you know, I don't know. It's, it's one of those things where I get it. It's kind of a, all right, buddy, like good on you that you threw down the bunt. Cause it's kind of, yeah, you know, I mean, there's, there's something to be said on, on there, but if you're skilled enough to do it, it still counts. It's, t- you know, it's still a hit in the scorebook. So I don't know. It's it's one of those things. I don't. I thought the the bench clearing brawl was a little bit, a little bit over 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 the top. But uh, it's a, certainly an interesting story to come out of come out of minor league baseball. I love it. Um, and the debate continues because sounds like you think you're not allowed to do it, and I think 
fuck it. If it's a close game, why not? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in between. I I get both sides. Of... And again, you played baseball. I didn't, so you would know. Yeah, Jared's the one that we really need to get the get it through because he played, as he refers to his men's league beer beer baseball team, beer league baseball team, as semi pro, semi amateur. Um, he'd be the one to to really come down. He was he was I, the Tom Hanks, the player manager of his team. How could you be semi amateur? You're either getting paid or you're not. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think it was a line to to impress the the females. But <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, we. Yeah, I don't know. We can ask him another time. Another pod for another day. Another pod for another day. Jordy, um, Greg, real question. Fire last, away. Last time you played golf, what'd you shoot? What was the score? Uh, Just give yesterday, I shot an eighty-seven. Wow. Yeah, two birdies, buddy. Two birdies. That's unreal. Huge. Unreal. Started the day with an eight, an eight on a par four, and and ended up with an eighty-seven. I was pretty proud of myself. The real question is, the real question is, how many balls did you go with and how many balls did you go home with? Uh, I lost one ball. Ooh. Yeah. Lost it on the 16th hole. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. You bogeyed 17 and 18. Uh, bogeyed 17, parred 18. Oh, a new ball didn't hurt you that much. No, it did not. 18 is also the easiest hole at Golf Mills, the 18 handicap. Um. So it's it's a shorter par four. If you have a good enough drive, you can you and I could easily go for it in two. Most men can. Um, if you have a good enough drive, that is. Uh, wow, sorry. women can too, buddy. Jeez. So it's not that it's it's this massive uphill shot, and they can. If women can really slug the ball, you absolutely can. The only downside, the, or actually, it's not even a downside. They they certainly can, uh, especially if you're playing from the for the red tees. Playing from the women's tee, playing from the yellow tees. If you're the more skilled women golfers, you have a, you need to really kill your drive in your second shot, which for you and me would be a good driver and a good th- three wood, maybe three hybrid. Um, for women, it's a good drive and and a, a really good three, a really good drive and a really good three wood. I'm sure it's doable. There, cert- I'm sure LPGA pros could fucking kill me from the white tees at Golf Mills, um, but. that being said man now i'm I'm really walking myself back here fuck yeah (laughs) uh i didn't mean it to sound that way now you're good yeah all right all good Um, just edit it out no i don't know i mean you know I'll i'll take the fire if it's there um but yeah no it's it was good i i birdied the second handicap hole the 10th hole at golf mills which huge first birdie on that hole ever that is uh never never been there, but that sounds impressive. Yeah, man, I'll I'll, I'll take you out when you come down. Whenever you come down to Philly next. Oh, um, I'm getting invited, huh? Yeah, you're getting invited now. Uh, I'll have to hold you to it. Yeah, accept, accept now, accept the invite. Except, accept, accept, accept it. You're oh coming. God. <laughs> oh my god, the This is why people tell us that we have too many inside jokes, though, Greg. <laughs> why our podcasts go on forever because we're having fun it doesn't matter what anyone else is doing. we're having a ton of fun but i think i need to go clean my house otherwise third girl might uh might end the podcast for us i'll put it that way <laughs> you might not have a place to live but i may not have a place to live when my lease ends that's a really good point i don't, don't want to be homeless um but greg how do you feel about game five quickly before we wrap this thing up 
Um, the two times that the Bruins lost the defenseman in the game, they lost. So they went down to 5D and lost both those games. Grizzly has officially been ruled out. Chara can't speak or talk or open his jaw, really. So he's questionable. Is Kevin Miller close to coming back, our boy? He had a huge setback in his rehab, but um, so no. They, Ooh. I think they dress. I don't know. I'd rather them dress seventy and and rotate a center, uh, or switch lines up a little bit, and and that way, if Char can't play, they have sixty. But um, you know, it's Cassie's decision, and that's why he's getting paid a ton of money. I think the Sharks are right. The Blues go out and try to hurt people. Just kidding. No, it was a. Free play that got Char in the job, but yeah, honestly, yeah. Um, I'm confident in that. I said Bruins and six. Reality is, I'm gonna be sweating, sweating all sorts of stuff off until uh, until this series is over. Win yeah. or lose. Yeah, I think home ice holds. I think Bruins win tonight. Blues win game six, and then Bruins take it home in seven. I'm gonna stay. I said seven at the beginning of the series. I'm gonna stay it there. I mean. I, <laughs> It's funny, though, because the stat that I said, the Blues score in the first five minutes, they win the game. And yes. Both games they won, they scored in the first five minutes. So. Yep. Um, granted, one of them was overtime. But either way, I it, the Bruins can last the first five minutes. They're winning the game. All righty. You heard it there. Greg, I think that's going to do it. Let's go Bees. Right. Let's go Bees. Let's go Phils. Let's go Sox. And – uh. Hopefully none of the Eagles tore tore any ACLs playing going bowling today. I'm just gonna say in, that. You put it in the universe. Oh, oh Jesus. Do you see Julian Edelman wore a Bruins jersey at their OTA today? Yeah, that's pretty yeah. sweet. They all did it yeah, last yeah. they did it last week too for game one. Did they? Oh, that's good. Do any of them go? Is Tom Brady gonna chug a beer tonight? Uh no. No. All right. I think I not think TB twelve method. I think people will go. I'm not sure that. Tom Brady will go or chug a beer, but I think people go. I don't. I want him to chug a beer and say Aaron Rodgers matched that because Rodgers Rodgers tried to throw it back in all the quarterbacks' faces, being like, "Oh, they're all better than me at something now," and he doesn't have that over Tom Brady. I'll just say that. Well, Tom Brady have said had the chugging beer or, or skill over. They said, they said Brady. Well, anyway, Brady got down pretty quick. They said Mahomes he had a can, so no one really knows if he finished or not. Yeah, that's a good point. Kermit the Frog. <laughs> Jordy, go Sox, go Bees. Um, I'll give you a fills. Go fills. And uh, the, process, say it. the process did not work out. All right, we'll see. We'll see. When they get when when they run it back with Jimmy Butler with all the money in the world, we'll see. We'll see. Give it to the world. Peace, love, and gap. All right, buddy. All right, that'll do it. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes, Facebook, or iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Podcoin. Follow us on Twitter, ThunderBLG. Thunderbug Sports on Instagram and Facebook, just like the website. For my man, Greg the Prophet Piatelli, I am the G-Man. Have a great weekend, everybody, and go Phils.